This is an ABC podcast. Hi and welcome to You Little Ripper. I'm Kurt Fernley, former Paralympian, and on today's show, can we just anoint a new Emperor of Cairns already? We have the power to do that. I think we're the only ones to do that, so we're coming for you, Cairns! (laughs) And what is it with Paralympians and pole vault? Because it is awesome! You're obsessed with it, Kurt Fernley. We're going to get deeper into that, into this episode. I'm Georgie Tunney, ABC Sports reporter and... Absolute nervous wreck after what I've been put through in the last 24 hours from the Paralympic Games. We're broadcasting, as always, from Wurundjeri Country. Kurt, your You Little Ripper moment, what was it? Oh, mine had to be Jimmy Turner in the 400 metre T36. His gold medal, you know, uh, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. What does it take to win a Paralympic gold medal? It takes Everything. Everything. He not only worked through the pain, he not only worked through that discomfort mm. and the and the uh, the discipline that's required to continue to be perfect for an entire four hundred meters. Yes. He fought against the the, the contracting of his uh, of his muscles of his joints, which is a, a, a part of cerebral palsy. Yeah. Uh, and and just continued to fight until he got to that finish line and winning it in a gold medal, winning it the way he does every time that person that he is. But it's not just my You Little Ripper moment. I'm going to share this You Little Ripper moment. Okay. With me? With, no, not with you. Oh, Don't be okay. greedy. All right, you, fine. You get your You Little Ripper moment. <laughs> We've had some listener feedback come in and it's from Phineas. Phineas uh, said that his You Little Ripper moment is Jimmy Turner as well. As a peep with cerebral palsy himself, he can only imagine how hard it was to run that last 50 metres and the energy needed to win. Uh, Thank you, Phineas. We're sharing that as our You Little Ripper moment. It was amazing. And uh, we've still got more of Jimmy to come. He's got the 100 metres later on in the week. He was so fast. So Paralympic time, 52.8. And also, have we seen a cooler runner than him? His sunglasses, I want them. Surely he's getting sponsored, surely. The the man's a legend. And and he's great. Growing every single time I see him race, he is just looking more calm and in control. What was your you little ripper moment, Georgie? The reason why I am a nervous wreck this morning, my hair's all over the place, I don't have any nails left, I've bitten them all off, is why because... Do you, why do you pretend that that's just this morning? <laughs> All right, look, I've been watching a lot of Paralympics. I don't have time for personal hygiene, Kurt Fernley, but okay, thank you for the call out. I'm going to say the smell is the smell of determination. (laughs) Well, it is. I'll take it. I'll bloody take that. Uh, Because last night, watching Dylan Alcott in the semi final, it was a semi final, the intensity of this semi final, I was so stressed. My nerves were shredded. He was up against Nils Vink last night. And remember on yesterday's podcast, we were talking about how Dylan had even framed this matchup in a different way than he usually does. He was a little bit nervous. He was like, this guy's good. This guy's good. Uh, Can confirm Nils Vink is amazing and is going to be on the circuit in the quad singles, quad doubles, for a very, very long time. This guy has a huge future. And you saw that moment after the match where Dylan mm. was able to win in the third set. You saw them come together. Oh. And Neil's like 
almost jumped out of his chair to give Dylan a hug. That yeah. was the level of respect between those athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think Dylan also looks at this young kid and knows that he is the future of wheelchair tennis. It was a beautiful moment. It was a lovely moment. Uh, I am so happy that they are through. Um, and the Aussie doubles, they have to play against Niels in the doubles uh, today as well. Wow. So this, this comp isn't over yet. There is a long, long way to go. So two and a half hours on court last night for Dylan. And after the match as well, he was like, thank goodness the quad doubles final isn't right now because I'd be stuffed. Like, I couldn't do it. So he has to recover and recover probably the best that he ever has in his career to back up again today and then the final on Thursday. But last night, that match, 6-4, my you little ripper moment, 100%, because it was just you saw how much, once again, the Paralympic movement means to Dylan Alcott. He was in tears after that match, just trying to explain it. When you're at that latter part of the career, you see a lot more things in context mm-hmm. and you can see that it's all kind of fitting together for Dylan. And I, I hope he, again, I don't know whether he's going to keep going, but I hope he finishes the way that he really, really hopes. He has been a legend of the wheelchair tennis for the last better part of a decade. Yeah. And, and I hope he goes out on his terms. Uh, best of the rest. We've got to start with the botcher. Because Dan Michelle, he won his quarterfinal against Hansu Kim from Korea. However, he lost his next match against his Czech opponent. So he's playing today in the bronze medal match against Scott McCowan. And I think the recognition of Boccia by people outside of the Paralympic Games and outside of the community has been really wonderful to see. I got a call from my dad last night saying, this Boccia game... It's incredible. And I was like, yes, Terry Tunney, where have you been? (laughs) It is. It is amazing. And I am just so happy that it's getting out there, that more people are seeing it, that more people are seeing Dan. It means a lot. All of it. All of it is just great for our community. It's great for Australian sport. We need that variation of experience and and we need to have representation of those with complex disability needs. And Dan is the perfect advocate for that. He is just championing it every single time he comes on camera. Uh, My best the rest is Toddy Hodgetts. He's not just his, his, well, he actually got DQ'd in the end. He, uh, he is in the F20 category. He was in the final. I love Todd. He's an amazing guy. He, he competes with a with an intellectual disability, but he's so proud to pull on that uniform his every time. enthusiasm. He loves it. He loves the stage. He will. He, he committed to going through till uh, 2032 as well, oh, which is amazing. It. He said, I'm going to be 44, but I'm still going <laughs> to nail it. There's a, another guy who's 45 out there and yeah. still doing PBs. Uh, he lives and breathes that green and gold. I love sharing a team with him. I love seeing him on the telly. But if you haven't seen it, search. Run. S- Run. Don't <laughs> walk. Find it. Find it. Do what you've got to do. It is yeah. a joyful interview. It is so amazing. Highly recommend watching that. Now, it wouldn't be a best of the rest or even a You Little Ripper episode if I wasn't going to wax lyrical again, again, about this Dolphins team. But two particular performances last night really sums up what... The entire Paralympics Tokyo 2020 has meant to me so far. Number one, Jasmine Greenwood, 16-year-old, wins silver in the 100-metre butterfly S10. Amazing result. That wasn't the moment for me, though. It was at the end of the race. And it wasn't just Jasmine. It was Michaela Jenkins who won the race. Jasmine and then Chantelle Ziedefeld, who is the amazing swimmer from the Netherlands. They're all just... Sitting around having a chat in the water, it just was... de- like just going through the race, a, a debrief. Just as soon as it happened, they refused to get out. They're just like, <laughs> "Oh, what? That was a pretty good turn from you." <laughs> yeah, I think I did it well. Like amazing, 
Amazing. Yeah, it was a great moment. It was really nice. Across teams, across countries, they're all just debriefing every 10 metres of it. And yeah. It was such a strong and courageous performance from Jasmine as well. And such a huge future ahead of her. Include, and also, speaking of bright futures ahead of them, Cole Pierce. Mate, he's him last night. His medal ceremony, where oh. he was struggling to contain the motions, uh, being able to speak to his mum and, and mm. sisters, that was that was just so lovely as well. He is such a genuine, gentle kid, and, and everyone keeps talking about this is a leader of the Paralympic mm-hmm. movement. He's a leader of the Australian sports uh, kind of community as well. I, uh, and he's still a teenager. That bronze medal is just such a massive achievement. And for everyone who doesn't know, he spent a whole bunch of his time turning his family farm's dam into like a training facility for him. It was a hell of a moment. It got me sitting there thinking, are we seeing the next Brandon Hall? Somebody who can go through four games, five games, and can still be a competitor and a leader. And there's another couple of, uh, of course, you little ripper moments. We're not going to say them because we have the legends <laughs> with us right now. You're welcome, listeners. You are welcome. <laughs> Thank us later. Okay, this is the roller coaster we've all been waiting for. <laughs> we've, we've seen the great Madison De Rosario. Yep. I said it right for the very first time. It's not happening. You do not pronounce my name right. <laughs> well, this is a moment, Madison. This is a moment of growth for me. <laughs> Oh, it just Wait, I just like a gold and a bronze Paralympic medal for this. I love that. Well, look, I've got a certain standard to keep, but you're, you're ruining my introduction. <laughs> that is a gold medal in the 800, a bronze last night in the 1500. Uh, the five kilometre was a roller coaster on its own. Madison De Rosario, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. How are you feeling? Uh, That was a huge race last night, a race in the wet. That can be a bit more taxing Mm. on your body. How have you pulled up? Yeah, not too bad. I think I'm just exhausted from the entire program. The track program's done for me now. So I think it's more just kind of the culmination of the last few days. Um, Has definitely been a lot. It has been a roller coaster. Um, But the actual 15 yesterday, not not too bad. I think I I do push okay in the wet. I think we we definitely saw the the impact the rain can have, like say on Susanna and even, you know, kind of Tatiana in that last sprint. She can normally come home pretty strong from speeds like that. So yeah, it definitely changes the way that race um is all is always run. And I'm just glad I kind of managed to get out of a pretty tough position and and scrape onto the podium. Uh, Rowan uh, Crothers, Ben Poppin speak about going back home and and having to put their medal away and trying to get it out of your head. How have you been putting that to a side every single day, four days straight? I think that we've, you know, I think we're used to, I think, racing back-to-back races and I very much believe that each race exists on its own and you can't bring anything from a previous race into it if you kind of want those. Want to run the perfect race as it stands and that's something that, Louise, my coach and I, we've been working on, I think, my entire career. So that, that part was okay. I think it was more the the 5K and the 15 rounds were pretty hard to, to bounce back from. And I definitely didn't do the best job of, of doing it. I think initially when Lou and I tried to put a race plan together for that 15 final, it took us, usually it's a process that takes us maybe 10 minutes. We're very much on the same page and we can kind of put the plan together in five and then just go over it again in the next five and, and be 100% sure of what we want to do. I think it took us nearly 90 minutes in the village to wow. go through it and we still couldn't agree on what we wanted to do <laughs> and we ended up having not quite a fight about it but there was definitely tension we both had to step away from it for a little bit um and then we didn't really put a plan together until we we got to the track I think we sat on the bus ride in this like passive aggressive silence for 20 minutes to get to the track. <laughs> 
And um, then when we got there, we kind of went for a walk and, and just really simplified it. And I think we made it just the simplest plan we possibly could that, yeah, that I definitely did follow through on. And, and thankfully it was a, yeah, it was enough to get onto the podium. Who's, who's plan one though? Was it yours or was it Lou's? Honestly, it was a combination of both. Neither of us can take credit for that, which is good. It means neither of us were right. So I was justified in both of us were justified in our passive aggressiveness. You, you've been there. You've been there for the last four games. How's the how's the environment in Tokyo compared to the three previous to this? It is different. I think every single one of them has been very different, though. And I think in different circumstances, again, Tokyo would have been different from from the last three I've been at. But I think our our team is coming together in a really special way here. I think we've been, I think, far more connected over the past eighteen months, despite nobody being able to see anybody. I've definitely been. I think more in tune to how every other teammate we have outside of athletics has been training and, and performing and how they're all doing. And I think over the past year, we've all been checking on each other a lot more than I think we previously would have. So it's kind of nice seeing it all kind of come together and getting to see everyone else's you know, results, heartbreaks, all that kind of happening and, and kind of feel like you're a part of that that last two years. Maddie, take me back to the 800 metres. What did the gold mean to you? That one was definitely the big one coming in. I think I've had the most consistent results in the 800. Um, and it's definitely one that I probably wanted since Rio. I think in Rio, I was in a position to maybe uh, win that race. I was coming in as as defending world champion, which was the first time I'd, I'd done that. I won that world title in 2015. It was my first. And so I think going into to Rio, next time we raced a full international field, I had pretty high expectations of myself. And and I didn't I didn't win it. It was one in a world record time and I was in silver, which is, I think, the only powerful way to, to lose a race you're coming in as a world champion for. So that was okay. Um, but that was definitely hard. It was, it was, that was a roller coaster in and of itself because it, it was my first individual Paralympic medal, but it was definitely not the result that I wanted going in. So I think it's been, a, it's been a long five years getting back here again to try and give it another go. And, and I think the, the 800 is nice because there's one decision that you make in that race. Um, and sometimes you make it on the track, depending on how everything's going. And the other day, Lou and I made that decision in the village at our table in, in our apartment between the heats and the finals. And, and it's just a matter of executing it once we got into the track. And, and I was able to do that. And so, yeah, no, it was, it was nice to, to get the result that I wanted for that one. You've got the marathon on Sunday. So you've got a, a few days break between now and then. Not that I know what day of the week it is, but <laughs> somebody said it's a few days from now. Uh, what, who are the athletes that you really think we should look out for? I don't think you can really discount anyone in the marathon right now. And it's, it's so hard to know because we've not really seen what sort of form anybody's in at the last little bit. I think, you know, London Marathon last year was a bit of a shock result. I think we all expected Manuel to win that going in. And the key to the Dutch girl ended up taking it out in, in a decent time as well. So I think that we've all been just stuck at home kind of burying ourselves in base training. I think the marathon's really going to show that. And I don't think you can discount anybody, to be honest. Maddie, we do a thing on you, Little Ripper, called Fast Five. It's the athlete's favourite segment. That's the feedback that we've been getting. Have you been getting that, Kurt? That is all that they've been talking about, <laughs> and equally all of Australia. They've got to give the people what they want. Fast Five. And I know, Maddie, that you do have so many tactics and strategies when it comes to your race. I'm interested to see what tactics and strategies you employ with Fast Five. Are you ready to play? I don't even know what Fast Five is, okay? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're about to find out. Number one, what are you wishing you had in the village? I'm going on to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What do you wish you had in the village, but you can't get? A hairdryer. This is the first time I've washed my hair since being here, and I realised that it's going to be wet for about four hours now. See, right. that seems pretty key to yeah. me. You know what? I thought you would pack that with your wheelchair. Okay, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, what's your superstition? I do the exact same uh, warm-up comp routine for every single track race that I do, to the point that every person out on the track with me, as in my, my physio and my coach, knows exactly what I'm going to do before I do it, and I can see them setting things up before I even go to do the next thing I want to do. What's your all-time favourite Paralympic moment? That's a tough one. Oh. And why was it one of my events? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it changes every time I've seen our athletes do so many incredible things and I'm so proud of, of every single one of them. My, my favourite moment at these games so far, and nobody would have seen it, was before I went out for the 800, I chatted to our captain, I chatted to Danny, and I think I've never had someone instill so much like belief in me in a two-second conversation and I felt like, Going out there after that, I could just carry the entire team with me out there because she believed that I could, and that's been my favourite moment from these games. What did what did she say? Are we allowed to know? It was barely any words. I, I can't remember what it was. It was something along the lines of whatever you're going to do, I believe you're going to do it, and it was just something really simple, and it was just, yeah, it meant a lot. Oh, that, I love that. I love that. I love Denny. I, I've actually had one of Denny's motivational. Yeah, and, you have. And then I've had the one of Denny's consolation talks. They're just as good. Just as good. Yeah. Great. I've heard one of them too now. Uh, Maddie, who's your favourite teammate? And is it is it Danny DeToro? <laughs> it is Danny. It's also Angie, though. I think Angie, I mean, we're sharing a room, so I can't say that it's not Angie. But it's definitely her. It was like, Having her out there on the track with me at 800 was amazing. I, I think you don't see anyone in, in um, post-event here in, in the mix zone. Um, they're keeping everyone away. So to get to have Angie there on the track with me, was that was amazing. You did actually race in Angie's chair for the first couple of years, didn't you? I did. We couldn't find a chair that was small enough for me when I was 12 and one of Angie's old ones was a little bit close enough. Um, so, yeah, I raced one of Angie's old frames in Beijing. Uh, last one of Fast Five. If you weren't a wheelchair racer, what event would you be in? Oh, gosh. Uh, pole vault. Oh, my goodness, Maddie. That's what Kurt says every time when I quiz him being like, what would you do? What do you want to do? He's always He's like, good. pole vault. <laughs> we, are the same. we are the same. <laughs> We are the same person. I love the reactions to you both at learning this. So Kurt's like, we're the same. And Maddie's like, oh, oh good God. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Only for you. <laughs> this is my this is my claim to fame now. Oh, I love it. Okay, Paul Bolt, yeah. You've got to stick with it now. <laughs> <laughs> Madison, congratulations on the week. Uh, the, the gold and the bronze, they were both amazing races. You've done so well. Uh, I love that you get to come home now as Paralympic champion, uh, but you're not done yet. We'll be screaming, yelling, cheering for Sunday during the marathon, but thanks for joining us. Thank you. What a legend. Oh, Madison goodness. De Rosario. Uh, look, those those two races, I can't talk them up enough. I probably I probably have already, but <laughs> I, I could probably keep going, but I, I won't. Is uh, it weird commentating those races now? Yes. Yes? Yes. Do you enjoy it, though? Uh, yeah, I do. It, you really hard. get into it. Yeah. Uh, where if you're even just a little bit further distance, you feel 
like it's you, you, you're not a part of it. Where this way, I'm kind of like get to live vicariously through the wheelchair races. How, given that I know you quite well now, how do you not swear on air? <laughs> And that's a question I get asked every single night yeah. when I come off. And they're like, well, it's another day down and you haven't said the F word. Tick. We've, yeah. we've nailed it today. Uh, uh, I am pretty quick with the off mic, especially yeah. in the last 50 metres. There might be a couple of swear words that come out. But it's so it's actually really exciting mm. to watch wheelchair racing from above. Yeah. You know, because you're usually in amongst it where, yeah. like yesterday, you're seeing a hole pop up and you're like, go that way. Yeah. And then you see it closed. Don't go that way. See, this is the hard thing, right? Because your reaction as a fan is has to be different to your reaction as a commentator because you have to explain what's happening, not go there, go there, go there. No, I don't. No. <laughs> I am, Seamless. I, I am the most biased commentator <laughs> that you've ever heard. Uh, but I do love it and I do love wheelchair racing and it's great to kind of just keep talking about it yeah. and keep giving it as much airtime as possible because I love the sport. It's given me so much and we have wonderful people that are in it. Now, here he is, the, the guy that we've all been waiting for. He wanted the keys to the city last night, but I reckon we give him the whole damn thing. <laughs> a silver medalist, a bronze medalist, the legend of the team, Grant Scooter Patterson. Welcome to you, Little Ripper. Thank you for having me, guys. It's awesome to be on here. Mate, how you pulled up? Uh, we we were cheering you down that uh, that 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 race last night, yelling, screaming. Uh, all of Australia were watching. H how have you pulled up this morning? No, I pulled up pretty good. I've done a few uh, media interviews this morning. I don't think I've ever done so many in my life, uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but um, I remember when I finished the race, um, I was warming down, and my mate Ahmed Kelly came up to me and said, "Oh." There was a great race between you and Hernandez from Angles. And I said, oh, really? What happened? He said, oh, well, he was in front and then you got him at the end. I said, oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see it. But I've seen a few snippets and uh, also how they cross live to my uh, family and coach back home. <laughs> I think that was pretty sick. That was awesome. It was awesome. It was so such amazing scene, Scooter, and a performance. So bronze in the 150 medley, silver last night in the 50 breaststroke. How do you prepare for each of those races, given the different dis uh, distances? Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of training. Big thanks to my coach, Herbie, back home, and my uh, personal trainer, Karina. Um, ever, since, ever since I missed out on 2016 Rio, um, I remember getting back to Cairns and Herbie's like, you know, what do you want to do? A few people were saying, you know, you might as well give it in. Like, how are you meant to fight against these people? And I was like, nah. I said, I want that elusive Paralympic medal and I'm not going to stop till I get one unless my body gives up first. Um, so having having these two things around my neck is uh, pretty pretty special. Um, and 13 years in the making, uh, you know, tell you, you know what it's like of hard work, um, but to finally get something to bring home for my coaching family, um, that's, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Mate, shout out to Herbie Swim School. We saw all of your family and friends and, and everyone celebrating together last night. It was such amazing scenes. Have you actually been able to, to uh, chat to your mum and dad yet? 
I called them last night and they were over the moon. And then I called Herbie as well after them um, and had a good chat with them. Sure, on the call, Karina. Um, but no, they're all over the moon and they just, the whole experience was awesome. And I thought that everyone in that room, because it was raining, you know what Kansas is like, a bit of rain up there. Um, I thought that was epic. And Scooter, you say that you're getting, you know, a fair few media interviews today. What are your top tips? How, do you, how are you handling them? Oh, I'm fine. I just open my mouth and start talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good top tip. <laughs> no, you are yourself and that's what everyone loves. Yeah. It, it, it's authentic. It's raw. It's who we all know you from within the movement and is now getting shared to so many other people. Uh, mate, I loved last night when you gave a shout out to uh, one of your training partners who missed I out did. on selection. When you missed out on selection, coming back from that, it, it is built who you are shout out to jacob templeton um you know i i knew what he was going through back when i missed out on 2016 um he deserved to be here but unfortunately it didn't work out um and i hope you keep training and i want to see you showcase your skills 2024 paris um i was talking to one of the other coaches this morning and i said you know it's about how, as an athlete, when you're in that down low point, what makes a true athlete is how well they handle that and coming back. Um, so I'm pretty sure Jacob will do a good job of that because he puts a lot of hard work in. Mate, well, it was perfect that you got to that stage and that you were still investing in the, the people around you, still investing in that, that next team, mate. Oh, from my side, I just loved it, and thank you. Um, but we got to go on to this segment that's called Fast Five. So if, if you thought the swimming was hard, this, this, <laughs> Prepare is, yourself, this is the real test. Fast Five. Mate, what do you wish you had in the village but you can't get? Dining hall. <laughs> I'm guessing that's also the nuggets in the dining hall or a, or a pizza? No, no, Which I one? want to go get a bit of Greek, a bit of Mexican, a bit of... I love all those uh, different fruits. A smorgasbord. I'm with you. I'm with you, Scooter. Hey, what's your superstition? Superstition? Grow my beard until it's game day. And this time I hadn't had a massage in two years. And yeah, I, I, hadn't, really? I hadn't had a drink since 2019 November. I actually thought the only reason we did sport was that we could drink and uh, and get massages. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was the whole goal point. <laughs> I will after, don't you worry. Hey, uh, Legend, what's your all-time favourite Paralympic moment? Brendan Hall getting his gold medal at 20 London after he went to uh, Beijing and made the final come fifth, and then London won a gold medal, um, and he's similar character to me, like a hard worker. He's awesome bloke. Um, but, yeah, I, I just love people that go out on a limb and make something from nothing because you only live once and why not just leave it all out on the track? Oh, wise words, wise words, Scooter. Um, who's your favourite teammate? Uh, well, Ahmed's one of my best mates, but I love everyone, you know. That's <laughs> I, am. I just love, love talking to everyone, love hanging out, even... You know, more hung out with uh, Riley Bat this week. Me and him, as you probably saw, a table tennis champions. He doesn't want to play me again, though. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go find him and drag him out of his room. I did hear that you towed him up just quietly. Yeah. Yeah, just quietly. But I'm up for more. <laughs> I don't think he wants more. Mate, if you weren't a swimmer in the Paralympic Games, what event would you be in? I'd probably go to winter sports and do the bloody toboggan and go down the hill real fast. <laughs> 
But it was able-bodied AFL. Oh, awesome. Mad- what team do you go for? Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions. Oh, me too. Ah. Me too, Scooter. Me too. It's a big game this weekend. Yeah, up the Bears it is. Friday night. I'll have to ask the um, the media crew what the score is when I think, if I make the final. Mate, congratulations on everything that you've done. Uh, you've already got the silver, the bronze. Uh, you've got two more events left. Uh, good luck for the rest of the comp. And we're starting a movement here, not just the keys to the city. We want you to be Emperor of Cairns by the end of these games. I think it's going to happen. It's got to happen. I, I think it's as simple. It, it was a huge day yesterday, Massive. but day eight, it's going to be just as big. What are you looking forward to? Well, we had such a massive night in the pool yesterday. We've got a massive day once again in the pool again with our Dolphins team. Tiffany Thomas-Kane, one of my favourite Paralympians from this event, when she won her bronze earlier on in the meet and she dedicated it to her gran who had recently passed away, it was one of those moments that you just you just feel, everyone feels that, especially in the climate right now where you can't see your loved ones. So for her, we're all behind her. I'm hoping she does really well in the 100-metre breaststroke. Yeah, and, and she is racing up a class as well mm. than what she competed in back in Rio. Yeah. But she even, even pushed up the classification. She's still world champion. She still has won a world title at that at that level as well. And she always seems so composed. Like she seems like she's handling the pressure really well. Oh, she is. Uh, yes, she is. She seems like she's she's there. She's ready to go. Obviously, there are some complications with family. With mm-hmm. you know, with loss is always mm-hmm. hard to to kind of get through the race on the other side of it, mm-hmm. where everything seems uh, like enhanced. Yes. Uh, but I'm sure she's ready to go. I'm excited. This has been one that I've been looking forward to as well. We've got two athletes in the cycle with Stewie Tripp in the men's H5 road race and also Grant Allen in the H4 men's road race as well. And we had such huge results as we've been talking about in the cycling yesterday, so I'm excited to see what these guys can do. The one thing that we will both be looking forward to, glued to the television, goalball. The Aussie Bells up against Turkey in the quarterfinals. We've been talking about this nonstop on You Little Ripper, but there's really good reason for us to have been because this is huge. It's huge. The first win of the of their Paralympic campaign of 25 years yeah. came three or four days ago. Their second win against the world champions. Now they're in the quarterfinals. An amazing performance so far. And this is a must watch. Uh, we've also got the men's wheelchair basketball team, mm. the Rollers, taking on the, the the host country in Japan in the quarterfinals as well. I'm nervous about this. Yeah. I will be glued to the screen, so make sure you tune into that. We've also got in athletics Rosemary Little in the women's shot put F32 and Angie Ballard, the Madison's greatest friend yeah. p- behind me. That's such a wonderful story. I did not I did not realise that Maddie was riding, um, racing in her chair. Yeah, it, that's what we've got to do. Yeah. Well, our chairs don't just disappear. We want to make sure that another kid gets the use out of it because the, the, the entry price is so yeah. big. So if the if the athletes who are getting these really high-performing chairs, you want to give it a new life. Mm. So Angie's back in the 100-metre T53 final and in the long jump, we've got Ari, Ari Giacini as well in the F38. Botcher, it's happening today. Dan Michelle, our favourite in the bronze medal match against Scott McCowan from Great Britain. Ah, 
how are you going to cope with this, Kat? Oh, look, I, I, look, I'm begging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm really excited for Dan. Uh, this would be the first uh, medal in Botcher since <laughs> 1996. No pressure, Dan, no pressure. A, a, a little bit. <laughs> not at all, not at all. He's already done such an amazing job yes. to get through to these semis, to, to get into this this bronze medal match. I love the bloke. We're, we're going to do everything we can to get him on the pot as yes. well. Uh, and, and I know how much he puts into it. I know how much it means to him. I know how much uh, uh, spreading the word of Boccia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out into the greater community of Australia to make sure that every kid uh, with complex needs gets access to sport, mm-hmm. access to learning who they are through sport. And uh, so, yes, we will be cheering every moment of that. And it's as Dan said in his own words, it's been life-changing for him. So make sure you're getting out there and supporting Botcher. Also, we've talked about Dylan a lot on today's episode, but the man is back in action tonight with his partner, Heath Davidson, in the quad doubles gold medal match. They're trying to win back-to-back Paralympic titles. After what he put me through last night, I'm really stressed already. I want him to win this. I yes. want Heath to defend that gold medal from, uh, from Rio. Uh, they are... You know, like they are the best of mates, but also quite different personalities. Mm. And when they come together as a team, I, I love watching it. So definitely tune in to Wheelchair Tennis and, and cheer our boys, hopefully home for another gold medal. I think our top piece of advice is when you are watching any kind of event, enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it because it is absolutely magical. This has been you, Little Ripper, once again. We've reached the end of our episode. Are you tired, Kurt? Uh, no, I'm no. excited. I know, I know. I feel like after we record each day, I'm either exhausted just because I've given so much energy or I'm so hyped up that I could potentially run a marathon. I thought we were even killed. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting more. I'm getting more to the Kurt Fernley levels of excitement. Excitable man. I'm getting up there as well. (laughs) And we hope that you are too. Honestly, all of the feedback that you are sending us has been so, so lovely to see. Please keep sending us your You Little Ripper moments. Please keep looking out for the Auslan translations on YouTube and make sure that you are telling your friends about You Little Ripper. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever moments that are really resonating with you, let us know. Use the hashtags. Hashtag You Little Ripper. Hashtag YLR. Tag at ABC Sport. Tag at Georgie underscore Tunney. At Kurt Fernley. And we will be back tomorrow with another little episode of You Little Ripper! Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.